0: This morning, we'll continue with uh, what we were doing, uh, what I was sharing last Sunday about the local church, our place of identity, and our calling. Hallelujah. And so this arose from what Pastor Davis taught the other week, that we first identify ourselves with Jesus, our Redeemer and Savior, and then we identify ourselves with the local church. That, that is where our victory comes from. And I want to read scriptures, uh, to start with a scripture. That's Matthew 16. We'll read 15 to 19. I'll read all these together, then uh, bring out some things. Then we'll read 1 uh, uh, Corinthians 10:32 and then Ephesians 1, 20 to 23 in the message version. We'll sh- read all those scriptures together. So if the media team, you have that scripture, please, would you, Project that. So this is Matthew 16 to 15, talking about Jesus. He said to them, but who do you say that I am? Now he was asking this to the disciples. Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Remember, they were saying, people say you are Elijah." people say you are this. But now Peter says, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Let's go on. Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hate shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you lose on earth will be bound, will be loosed in heaven. Right? Is that verse 19? All right, can we have uh, verse 18 in the TPT version? Verse 18 in the TPT version. Take note of this. It says, I give you the name Peter, a stone. Listen to this. And this truth of who I am will be the bedrock foundation on which I will build my church, my legislative assembly, amen, and the power of death will not be able to overpower it. Hallelujah. I'll build what? My church. My what? Legislative assembly. I'll come back to that. But let's go to 1 Corinthians 10:32. 1 Corinthians 10:32 says, Give no offense either to the Jews or to the Greeks or to the church of God. That's interesting to me because it, it gives us three classes of people: you have Jews, you have Greeks, and you have what? The church. Now, some other trans, uh, versions, will, instead of Greeks, they'll put their Gentiles or nations. But I'll come back to that. And let's go to Ephesians 1, 20 to 23. But I'll read the, la- the latter part of that in the message version. It says, at the center of all this, Christ rules the church. The church, you see, is not peripheral to the world. The world is peripheral to the church. The church is Christ's body in which he speaks and acts, by which he fuses everything with his presence. Amen. So, uh, you know, this question of identity, we were saying we identify ourselves, but we also really need to know who is the church. What is the identity of the church? Amen. You know, that, uh, I have uh, a physician, I've, I've known him for several years now. But he's, uh, he's uh, on the last December I learned that he has a, a, what do you call it, a mixed heritage. You know, his, his mother uh, is Kikuyu, his father is a Kisi. And he gave me a very interesting story because he said, when you, when you hear his name, of course he uses his son name, you, you see him as a Kisi, he's a popular Kisi name. When you, he tells you, this is my name, you you know, you allocate him in the Kisi column of people. And he said, when people hear that, his colleagues here in Nairobi or friends, they come with their, okay, uh, let me link up a bit here. So what happened is that when they were growing up, their mother would take them to Kiambu, to their maternal grandmother. So they learned Kikuyu. Their father was normally, uh, was abroad. So they actually don't know. He doesn't know Kisi. So problem comes. He's a physician. And so somebody from the village will send a Lord Mama, grandmother to come and get attended by their fellow tribesman and only for this person to come and they speak in Kisi and he looks blank. He has to look for somebody to come and interpret. And they start asking, are you sure this man is a Mukisi? (laughs) Because he's a a, they, they want his service, but the identity here is causing problems. And the reason they brought the grandmother was because there are some things that you can only express if you know the language. You know? And so it becomes very difficult to deal with that. Then, the other, then he told me that's the problem he faces. The other problem he faces when he goes to Kiambu and they see his son, they say, Whose, whose son is this? This is not one of us. Let us get one of us here to do do this this job or whatever. And so, although he's an excellent physician, he's having a problem in executing what he's able to do and has been trained to do because of what? Identity issues. Now, that's sad because we shouldn't be identifying ourselves like that. I believe we should be identifying ourselves as what? Kenyans. And this is why it's so important to know there is the church, there is the Jews and there are there there is a nation Greeks The Greek the word gentile you you can check now there is so much information you can just google it or go to is it called wiki wikipedia and you see a very clear explanation because a Jew can come to the church and a Greek comes to the church then they become what church you remember in Acts chapter 15 they said we are not going to force the Gentiles or the nations to act like Jews. Right? And so so we because we are the church. Jesus, let God let me read for you something here. This is a footnote on the Passionate Bible in uh Bible Gateway. If you go online to Bible Gateway There's a footnote to this scripture, verse 18, that we read. And this is what it says. The Greek word for church is ecclesia and means legislative assembly or selected ones. This is not a religious term at all, but a political and governmental term that is used many times in classical Greek for a group of people who have been summoned or called and gathered together to govern the affairs of a city. Hallelujah. For Jesus to use this term means he is giving the keys of governmental authority in his kingdom to the church. Amen. And this is what Ed Silvoso says. Jesus designed his ecclesia to make its, uh, to make its uh, presence power and culture known with authority to registrate in both the visible and invisible realms so that Satan could not prevail in either realm. Hallelujah. I'm telling you we need to know who we are. When you show up at at an airport, they say, show me your what? Passport. What does your passport say? This is your name and which is your nationality everywhere you show up in your workplace at home anywhere in a bus in a in a supermarket you ought to be your identity should be what comes before you amen it is i am from the nation of the church hallelujah and because of that jesus says i give you keys to what to the kingdom the power to bind and loose is your inheritance as a member of the church. The question is, how do you identify yourself? Do you identify yourself as a mukisi who is a Christian or a Christian who happens to be a kisi? Are you a doctor who is a Christian or are you a Christian who is what? A doctor. Like uh, uh, Deacon uh, uh, shared with us, whose son are you? Where do you belong? Which is your nation? I was, uh, I was, I was sharing with someone, uh, and I didn't know exactly what the problem is, because, you know, instead of the Bible, they would say the book, and instead of saying God, they're using Jehovah. You know, very complicated, and I, I just met this fellow, and I'm thinking, there's something here I'm trying to place him, and I'm... <laughs> I'm You know, I want to share the word with him and the gospel, but he's bringing up this word, so he has some religion background, and eventually he tells me, uh, when do you go to this church, you of yours? I say, on Sunday. He said, isn't it supposed to be on Saturday? I thought, oh, okay. No wonder he's speaking the way he's speaking. So he's trying to trap me into an argument of when do we go to church? And I thank the Spirit of God because I, I, I quickly explained to him, uh, you mean the Sabbath? He said, oh, yeah, the Sabbath. What day is the Sabbath? I said, the Sabbath is on Saturday. He looked at me and said, so why don't you go to church on, uh, on, on Saturday? I said, uh, uh, I am not a Jew. Uh, There's the church. I don't go to a synagogue. If you go to Israel, you go to the synagogue on... On the Sabbath, I'm not. I'm not on a Sabbath basis. All right, I'm not. A, I'm not a practicing Jew. That's what I explained to him. I'm not a practicing Jew. The church is a government. This church has no uh, what do you call religious connotation. It's 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 a government. It's God is saying go into that confused world and don't get trapped by their designations. Amen. And this man, Sunday, he didn't know how to argue. He said, you mean you know it is the Sabbath? I said, yeah, but I'm, I'm, I go to church. I don't go to, you can't go to a synagogue on a Sunday. So Jesus did not say, I will build a synagogue. A synagogue requires 10 men, you know, to to for some traditions. It's called a minyan, you know. All see, he said a legislative assembly, not a synagogue assembly, not a Sanhedrin assembly. There's a Sanhedrin assembly of 23 people, or 70, I think 71 people. These are the Jewish institutions. He was coming up with a fresh institution that is supposed to reach everyone, irrespective of their tribes. Hallelujah irrespective of what is your, that word, nation, it's also ethnic group. So you can belong to an accountant's group, or you can belong to any group, but you are welcome to the church. And when you come to the church, you are now first a member of the church. You are first a Christian, amen? And I don't know whether you watch, and I told him, there are so many cultures that Jews follow, I don't know if I started practicing them what would happen to me. Did you watch uh, President, uh, former President uh, Donald Trump's uh, trial in the Senate? There was a, he had a Jewish lawyer. You know what he kept doing? When he takes water, he would take water like this and do like this. I thought, what's wrong with the boy? Is he having a headache? Then the editor explained that he's a practicing Jew. And as a practicing Jew, every time he takes a sip of water, he he offers thanks to God and covers his head. I thought, that's not much of a covering, but it was was very comical. Why? That is his what? Jewish culture. He's a practicing Jew. So there are so many cultures that could belong to various places. And so when I come to the kingdom of God, I have to be... Very deliberate about what is the culture of the kingdom of God. And what is that culture? Binding and loosing in the name of Jesus. Everywhere that I go, that is my primary culture. My primary identity is that you have walked into a certain place and I find Satan manifesting. I bind him. Amen. And I lose the power of God. That is my Original identity. Amen. That is what I got when I came into the kingdom of God. Somebody shout hallelujah. Hallelujah. We are not on the losing side. We are what? On the winning side. We are a registrative. Amen. So, okay. I'll come to that. Now, let's look at this other scripture. In a, it's related to this. Matthew 18, 18 to 20. It says, Assuredly, I say to you, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Again, I say to you that if two of you agree on earth concerning anything that they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven for where two or three are gathered together in my name, I'm there in the midst of them. Alright? So, does, what does that remind you of? Matthew 16:19, Binding and loosing. Now he's He's saying it's for two or three of you. Amen? And also, if you look at a, uh, John 1, 12 to 13. John 1, 12 to 13 says, But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name, who are born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, not of the will of man, but of God. Relating to again the scriptures she shared from John 3.1 when you have believed in him, when you have received him and believed in his name you became what? A child of God. So the two or three he's talking about is this one. Hallelujah. It's not just any. It's not Jews. It's not Greeks. It's any who have received him and believe in his name. Amen. That is you and me if you are born again. So, when he says two or three, you don't just lump up people and say, ah, this is an ethnic prayer here, this other one prays, I don't know which one. You see all the confusion in national TV. You know, you group fellows and say, they are not the same. They are two or three does not mean two like that or three like that, amen? It's talking about believers, amen? It's talking about believers. And so, here... It, it's, it's interesting, again, like I say, the, the minyan that is needed for a synagogue to operate is 10. So Jesus is clearly saying, no, I'm changing the way things are done. And what, when it says two or three, if you read the scripture be, uh, before this from verse 15, 16, uh, and 17, it actually says, if you have an issue with your brother, speak to him. If they don't listen to you, go with a witness or two, because a matter is established in the, in the world. uh, witnesses are two or three. And if they don't listen to you, go to what? The church. And if they don't listen to the church, treat them like what? Like a heathen or somebody from KRI? Okay. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) They say, if they don't listen to you, Treat them like a tax collector, all right? Those tax collectors were not from KRI. They were really bad people. So is there a difference? Yes, there is a difference. So the thing is, Jesus was saying, the ultimate supreme authority lies with what? The church is where decisions are made. And when decisions are made in the church, they are what? Final. If you go to Deuteronomy uh, 19, where that was quoted from, that's not how it went. It said you don't listen to one person accusing another. You need witnesses. And if you, you, if you, when you call these witnesses, you do investigations. And if you do investigations and you find are lying, this is where they talked about it's a life for life, eye for an eye, tooth for a tooth, hand for a hand, foot for a foot. That's how it ended. It didn't end until they chopped off your heart. It didn't end until they plucked off your eyes. But Jesus said, No, 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 no. This is a new, listen. He's saying the church is doing things in a new way. It's not just another imposition of what you previously knew. I'm bringing you what? The church. The church will determine what needs to be determined. And that will be the end of everything. Amen. Why? Remember he said it can't be he is restoring, he is bringing back, he is building the temple because in Mark 13, he says this temple, in a few days it will be leveled. So he's saying about the church because the church cannot, cannot. It says the church is the dominant force in the universe. Amen. That, that's who we are. That's what we've come to receive. Amen. Amen. So uh, my point in all that is that we really need God to help us to know what we have inherited and what God has made available to us. Amen. Hallelujah. Let me check something here. I, I'm, I'm trying to, to get. Yeah. So, yeah. The two. Two or three. This concept of two or three, like I said, we, you can trace it, trace it to Deuteronomy 19. But remember, it was not actually. Completely new. If I say Moses and Aaron, you know they went together. Man, when they went, what happened to Pharaoh? He never knew what hit him. What did they bring? A new system that Pharaoh was totally unable to deal with. That's how it's supposed to be with you and me. So you have, so it's not a totally fresh concept. It's just that they had been there are these institutions that had been built and they had lost the perspective of it. Moses and who? Aaron. Those were actually two brothers. Then you look at what? Joshua and Kareb. Joshua and Kareb were from two different tribes, you know. Uh, Kareb was from Judah. Uh, uh, Joshua was from Ephraim. And the two of them faced Israel and said, come on guys, we are well able, we know who we are. We are well able to go and overcome our enemies. The others refused. But two of them knew what to do, amen? Look at uh, when I say Mordecai and Esther. That, those were cousins. You know, Esther was, was, uh, was Mordecai's, uh, 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 what, the uncle of Mordecai's daughter. So you have cousins, they are in captivity, but they start standing By their identity. And they stand together and say, you will not destroy the Jews. Hallelujah. And they step out in their identity and who they are. And they stop the plans of the devil. Hallelujah. Amen. Look at Ruth and who? Naomi. This was, well, actually, Naomi was a Moabite, but now she's married, so it's a mother and daughter-in-law, and they started moving there. And what happened? Restoration came. You know my favorite character in the Bible, the man called who? Boaz, hallelujah. Boaz showed up, and then everything was streamlined. So we have now. So what I'm trying to say is that any two of you who know who you are, you can start binding and loosing and expect supernatural outcomes. It doesn't matter who you are facing. It doesn't matter whether it's a nation like in Egypt. It doesn't matter whether it is like the, 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 the cousins who are facing or there's the family inheritance that Ruth needed to claim back for her family and now they are moving two of them. Amen. Hallelujah. So it's not utterly new. You see it in the Old Testament. You come to the New Testament, and in Luke chapter, let's look at that scripture, Luke chapter uh, 10, verse 1. It's in Luke chapter 10, it's in Matthew 10, it's in Mark chapter 6. But in Luke Luke, uh, 10, verse 1, says, after these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also, and sent them how many? Two by two before his face into every city and place where himself was about to go. Let's go to verse, is it 16? and 17. It says 17. Then the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. Hallelujah. How many of them? Two by two. He sent them to every what? City. Come on. What is the answer to Nairobi? Two of you. Two of you. Hallelujah. Two of you can sort out all the mess at the city hall. Two. What is the answer to the issues you are facing at your workplace? Two of you. What's the answer to the things you are facing at home? Two of you. Hallelujah. Yeah, let's go on that. Have we finished that? Yeah. Then Jesus said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. Behold, listen to this, the same thing. Behold, I give you what? Authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Amen. So you find that in, in, uh, in Matthew, you find it in Luke, you find it in, uh, in, uh, in Mark chapter 6. Let's see that Mark 6 uh, verse 12 says, this is in the message version. Then they were on the road, two of them. They preached with the joyful urgency that life can be what? Radically different. Right and left, they sent the demons packing. They brought wellness to the rich, anointing their bodies, healing their spirits. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Say, I am the answer. I and another believer are answers. Hallelujah. You and me are the answers. Why? That is part of the body. Now, let's look at how, how did Jesus structure the church. There is a local, there is what we are now here, a local assembly like this operating in its local environment, and then the distributed part of it is when you and me leave the sanctuary. Alright? So, the church is not just functional today. Amen? So, there is the component that is today. Let's look at that scripture in, uh, in um, NLT version, version Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7. In the NLT version, it says, However, he has given each one of us, how many? Each one, how many of us? Each one of us. A special gift through the generosity of Christ, yeah? Uh, And then let's go to verse, this is verse 11. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, and the pastors and teachers. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ, this will continue until we all come to such unity in our faith and knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full and complete standard of Christ. Hallelujah. So what is he saying there? He's saying the church has the distributed. I I see it as a Harvard-spoke operation. We come together here and we partake of the gifts of the apostles, prophets, teachers, evangelists. To equip us so when we go out we are effective in our ministry. So there are two parts of it. I am serving here and I'm serving what? Outside. Because the church was not a Sabbath affair. Please remember that. The church was not a one day event, it was a lifestyle. It was go into the government, go into the offices, go everywhere you go and bring changes in line with the kingdom of God. Amen. And so here it says we all have gifts to contribute. To the center and into the network. Amen? That's what we have been equipped to do. We start at the center, then we... Remember, they were sent. They just did not disappear with COVID and nobody knew where they went. (laughs) They were sent. Then they came back. So, you don't stick out there doing your own thing and say, we were told to go two by two by Elder Francis. No, no, no. Who sent you? Where are you coming? Are you bringing back reports? of what is going on. Amen. And the gifts are what? Developed in this setting and then we go out and do the work of the ministry. Amen. And then uh, I want to bring out two things here. So the charge is to bind and to lose and the other thing that uh, I would like to mention here is that you remember I said in Mark 18, it says whatever thing you want, you ask. So prayer is part of a church. Because when you ask, you are doing what? Praying. And the other thing that Deacon uh, Yvonne brought out so powerfully is what? Giving. Amen? So you are, you are part of a church. You are binding and losing. You are asking and you are giving. And we can see all that if uh, you can quickly go to... to this scripture in, you mentioned quite a bit of that, but let's look at Second uh, Corinthians, chapter Second Corinthians, chapter eight, verse from verse one. says, moreover, brethren, we make known to you the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia, right? that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded in the riches of their liberality. Yeah, for I bear witness that according to their ability, yes, and beyond their ability, they were freely willing imploring us with much urgency that we would receive the gifts and the fellowship fellowship of the ministering to the saints and not only us as we had hoped but they first gave themselves to the Lord and then to us by the will of God. Pastor Davis had shared on that scripture. So part of our local church is what? Giving. Amen. And the other part is what? Prayer. Let's look at uh, 1 Timothy 2. I'll just mention this. You can Check them up by yourself. Since, therefore, I exhort. I first of all, that word "exhort." Check it out. It means I, I urge you, I uh, incite you. It's the one I like. I incite you. Yeah. First of all, that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings and all who are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and Reverence. So the point I'm bringing out here is that if you are not careful, you have the wrong idea of a child. Parents coming with your children to church, the child asks you, why are we going to church? And you say, it's because it's a Sunday. We go to church because it's a Sunday. You see now, there is an issue here. We don't all go to church because it's a Sunday. We go to church because this is a place where we come together. We bind, we lose, we pray, we give, we worship God. Amen. It's so important to know, have you ever heard of this joke about guys who, somebody was watching people down at street level. One was digging holes. He he watched the guy dig holes. After a while, he saw another one come covering the holes. They did that the whole day, in the sun, in the heat. They were sweating. So at the end of the day, went down there, said, what are you guys doing here? I mean, you've worked really hard. Said, yeah. Said, uh, but, but what is the deal here? So the guys say, actually, uh, it's, it's pretty easy to understand. The thing is that we are normally three of us, Right? But today, the guy who plants the trees is sick. That's really dumb. So they have spent the whole day digging and filling what? Holes. They have forgotten the purpose. They came in the first place. Because the guy who plants the trees was sick today. So the guy who digs the holes just came to dig the holes. The guy who fills the holes just came to fill the holes. And they say, we have done our job today. Now, that really looks dumb. But if you're not careful, <laughs> if you don't understand the overall design of what you are about, you do stuff that is dumb. <laughs> amen. Word part, make sure part of your association with the church is that you are going out, amen, and binding and loosing. That's what I want to emphasize on. Hallelujah. And so, the, the, the question of identity, I want to revisit that a, a little bit here. You remember in the New Testament, we have John and Peter going to the temple, right? God, Jesus told them, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and you shall be my what? Witnesses in Jerusalem. So, when they came to the gate, and they got that crippled man healed, they are ministering in Jerusalem. Amen. And soon it was everywhere known. People were coming. By the time you go to chapter, I think chapter, chapter 4 or 5, people are coming from the other cities now. And then Philip went to Samaria. And then Peter and John went to Samaria. So now it's reached where? Samaria. They are bearing witnesses in Samaria. Amen. And then in Acts chapter 13, Paul comes on board. But it's not just Paul, it's Paul and Barnabas. All right? They are the church. But I want you to uh to in addressing the question of identity here. Um, you have been equipped. Let me put it this way: you have your identity, you are born again, you're a child of God, and then there is character development. That's your nature and your person, because you are. Just because you are a, you've been born a giver, you will not, you'll have to willingly give and leave that value. Amen? That, that's your character now. It becomes your character is giving. All right? So you have identity and character. And then you have what? Your gifts and your calling. Because you are a musician. Remember, we said, uh, shared this on Sunday. If you are a musician, you can sing anywhere. You can go to a one-man guitar setting and, you know, you just sing. Your, your music is your gift, but you are calling as a singer you have, you have not properly applied it. You can be a businessman, but you are morally corrupt. Look at Mark, Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7 from, from verse 15. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing but inwardly they are ravenous wolves. You will know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes from thorn bushes or figs from these? Even so, every good tree bears good fruit, but a bad tree bears bad fruit. Yeah? A good tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a bad tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Therefore, let's read together, therefore by their fruits you will Know them. Let's go on. Not everyone who says to me, what? Shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Yeah? Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not what? Prophesied in your name. Have we not what? Cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name. Let's go on. And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Okay. Okay. Ah, uh, Jesus, I heard Dr. Jerry Savel say, uh, when they were learning to speak words of faith, and you've had this, this is not just between couples, it's also between parents and their children, it's in workplaces. Have you ever heard somebody say, you never listen to me, you never? So he said, he would look at her and say, Caroline, never, I said never, I never listened to you as I have never listened to you, Caroline, since we've been married, never. <laughs> he said he quit doing that because he wasn't getting the desired response. It was becoming worse. <laughs> but it's, it's a word that we can sometimes misuse. You can hear a child say, Mother, you never let me. You never. You always. But is that really always? Really like that? Never like that? Oh no, so we exaggerate. But but Jesus said, "Yeah, I never knew you, Jesus. Never. I mean, as in never, Jesus. You never knew these people. <laughs> never. They are prophesying. Never. They are casting out demons. Never. They are doing all these miracles. Never. They were giving such large checks. Never. They were singing in the choir. As in never, Jesus. Never." You know, Jesus, when Jesus says never, it is what? Never. He Never. I never knew you. I don't know who you are. I don't know. You are doing all these things. We are in a world of performance. But if you are not careful, our identity comes first. You remember the conflict he had with them in Jews in in chapter 10 of of John is is what? He said, many good works have I done to you by my father. Right? And then... so of which good, of this good work, why do you stone me? They say, so they accept the good works. Says, but but he, they say, not for any good works, but for blasphemy. Because you being what? A man call yourself what? God. And Jesus told him, is it not written in your laws that you are gods? If he called them gods, to whom the word of God came, and the scriptures cannot be broken. What's your problem? You accept the work the world wants us to accept the work and we don't bring up our identity was Daniel's work accepted by the king in the book of Daniel what was the problem why was he being thrown into the lion's den because of his work no because of his identity he won't bow down he won't bow down what caused the three Hebrew uh, boys to be thrown into the fire was it their performance No. Performance is good. Jesus told us to perform these things. Go into the world and do what? He said, these signs shall follow them who believe. You are going to do all these things, but you must never lose sight of your identity because the world wants you to shut up about Jesus. They say, it's charitable good. It's, It's okay, but don't mention your Jesus here. The three Hebrew boys were thrown into the fire because of their identity with God. Listen, your identity and character plus your, no, uh, your gifts and your calling is what causes your influence to come. You have identity and character. You have gifts and your calling. How you work out that combination is your influence on the world. Hallelujah. That's what the church has been called to. To come out, bring out the identities, bring out the character of Christians and then harness their gifts and their calling, you have effect and influence on the world. Hallelujah. Now, do you know what is the problem with this fruit thing? Jesus is talking about fruit. Fruit, let me put it this way. Listen to me. Fruit in Matthew 7 is fruit in John 15 is fruit in Galatians 5.22. Let's read Galatians 5.22. But the fruit of the Spirit is what? Love, joy, peace, long-suffering or patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness or meekness or humility, self-control. Again, as such, there is no law. That's the fruit of the Spirit. That has to be at the forefront of everything we do. That's what Pastor Davis was mentioning in 1 Peter 3, 9-10 let the fruit go before you. Let the fruit befo- go before you. The, the benefit, the blessing will flow. But if the fruit is not there, then there's a problem. Do you know the son in John 1, 12 to 13, or the one she read, John 3, verse 1, right? That son is not the same son as the scripture you read in Romans 8:14. Let's read that Romans 8:14 again. Romans 8:14 For as many as are led by the Spirit of God these are what the sons of God. There's a difference. The one in John is offspring. It's just an offspring. The one here is character. Is the nature is the one bringing forth the fruit like the father. Let's look at uh, Ephesians Five, verse 1 in the Amplified. It says, therefore become imitators of God. Copy him and follow his example as well beloved children imitate their father. I was in a high school, Nyahuru High School. My brother was in a high school, Kerugoya High School. My, we had the headmaster who was in Nyahuru where I was, went to Kerugoya. My mother would meet with him and he would say, the two boys are different. <laughs> My mother was a godly woman. If you met her and you shook her hand, the next thing that came from her mouth is that she is saved and she's going to, see, to, te- to give you her testimony whether you want it or not. And those testimonies were, were, <laughs> were what they did yesterday and they repented. And the day before, And I, I mean, it was a lengthy affair. That's what she did. And so the headmaster will look at her and say, that now it's called a principle, the two offsprings are different. <laughs> one is a big problem for the headmaster. The other one was not. Same offspring is offsprings. But different what? Character and nature. Bringing out different fruit. The fruit has to be at the forefront of what we do. Amen. If you read the entire Ephesians chapter 4, Corotians chapter 3, It's it's so clear. God wants us to bring out the nature of God first. His nature. And that is where the devil fights us. But if you look at somebody like David, oh, David. David was a man after God's own heart. No wonder that scripture, God says in, in Acts chapter 13, I have found what? David, the son of Jesse. A man after my own hard. Who will do all that I'm willing for him to do? That should be our nature. Was David a king? Yes. Was David a prophet? Yes. Was David a psalmist? Yes. But how is he identified primarily as a man after God's own heart? That man loved to worship God. You remember when they carried the ark from, where was it? When the ark had been left near the Philistines and David is having to carry it now. He, he wasn't ordered. He offered to do this thing. And in 2 Samuel chapter 6, you can read it on your own. I'm, it amazes me, Pastor Davis. It says, when he came with the Revites and they, they carried the ark, six steps. Six steps. Six steps is like what? From here to there. What did the man do? He said, wait. He brought sacrifices. He had a generous heart towards God. He brought sacrifices. And then he started dancing. Oh, my goodness. The praises of God. He desired it so much. And he started dancing and dancing. Do you know how far he danced? Five kilometers. <laughs> From obed place to where the, they were taking this act. His wife looked and said, "Ah." Uh, what kind of a character is that? But David was not moved. He so loved God. He was a worshiper. He was a generous man. He was the presence of God. Was what he, he said he longed for the presence of God like a deer pants for water. What is your heart's desire today? Is it to be a great businessman or to bring out the fruit everywhere you go? You touch people's lives by your character. That's the charge. Amen. That's the charge. That's what God is calling us to do. And, and, and you know, did David make mistakes? Oh, yeah. When he first tried to carry that ark, somebody died. I mean, right there, God, God struck somebody. They had walked for, they had driven that cart for 45 kilometers. Uh, yeah. They say where it was to the, where he was taking it was 45 kilometers. Uh, 50 kilometers, so after 45 kilometers, this thing stopped somebody touched it dead a Big mistake he quit But then he came back say I'm coming back It doesn't matter what you've done. I'm coming back. You are you are you are you are part of the body of you don't quit Have you ever heard of the special forces? They are called what the Navy seals the green Berets, the SAS in whatever. What is the motto of these guys you don't quit You never ever quit. You say, I have told you this before. They only have three answers. Yes, sir. No, sir. No excuse. Why is there such a mess around here? No excuse, sir. Oh, no, it's the sound team. Oh, no, it's the hospitality team. Oh, no, it's the GUC. Oh, no, it was the sound. Oh, no, it's the choir. No excuse. Why is there a mess here? Say, no excuse. No excuse, sir. (laughs) Amen. Then, will you fix this? Yes, sir. Is there a reason why this cannot be done? No, sir. That is why they are called Seals or SAS. They have to make a way. If it is impossible and you've been told, go, take out Osama Bin Laden, you say, I'll find a way. The man is as good as Dead. Why? You are a committed army. That is how the church... You see, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church that knows that they have the ultimate power and they are willing to be trained in character to bring out what God wants to be brought out in this day and in this age. Amen. Hallelujah. Have you received anything this morning? Please rise up on your feet. The heart is so essential. Remember in, uh, in that 2 Samuel chapter 6, after they brought the ark, I brought the, 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 the David angle here because the word in Acts chapter 15 says God will restore the tabernacle of David, which is the church. And it was full of praise and worship. And something else, at the end of this whole uh, ceremony, what did David say? He sent everybody out with a what? A loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisin. Don't you like that? Today I've endured, I have endeavored to serve you. A what? A loaf of bread? <laughs> what? A piece of meat. That one you are going to chew quite a bit, right? And what? A cake of raisins. Hallelujah. Are you smiling? Are you well off? Lift up your hands. Father, we thank you for your word, nourish, strengthen, encourage, and positioning us to a place of victory. We are so thankful for what you have done for us. Lord, in the Old Testament, we know you told the children of Israel always remember this, always remember this, that. That I killed the firstborn of every Egyptian so that you can be set free. But today, Lord, you are telling us to remember, you killed your first son for the church. Oh, Lord, that is so precious for us. That your son was the one who was killed, that we may receive this power to bind and to lose, to ask and to give in the character and nature of God. Father, we receive today, we receive impartation, we receive encouragement, we receive strength, we receive supernatural ability, we receive supernatural deliverance from every kind of excuse. every praise that we gave up, we say, no, we are coming back. We are persistent in this. We know who we are. We know what you've called us to. Lord, help us to be a force of influence in Kasarani sub county, oh God. In this neighborhood, that this church is rising up to a new level. That somebody will say, Look at what God has done through Victory Faith Church in this sub county, in this, in this city, in this nation, oh God. Thank you for revealing the sons of God. We desire your character. We desire your nature. We desire to walk in the full manifestation of who you've called us to be. And we give you praise, glory, and honor for it. In Jesus' mighty name, Amen. Give a shout of praise.